Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your hosts, Dr. Doug Carriger and Mrs. Stephanie Wesco. Great to be back with you folks, and here we are cranking along, and and you know what? I think today, on this day, now we gotta tell you, we're coming to you this morning uh, from Bayou Beans, the coffee shop. Man, I just kicked a chair with a toe on my right foot. Did it feel good? No. But this is the kind of service we provide to you, the podcast listener. I didn't scream. <laughs> I mean, I'm hurting right now. There's maybe 15 times in my life that my body has caused me more pain than just occurred right now. And, uh, but you know, we're podcasters. <laughs> we just keep going, man. And- uh, I'm not laughing at you. I, I think you might be. So David's found himself in a weird situation here. He's in exile. Man, his men have lost everything they own. He's lost everything. People are treating him illegally. People are treating him like he doesn't belong. Saul has taken over the kingdom. People are out to kill him. Uh, I mean, he's an ex. There's bad things going on, and this is what we call an imprecatory psalm. But before we do that, before we do that, there's something much more important. That's right. It's time for the Norton Knucklehead moment. So this is where I ask Stephanie, where I make the comment, you might be a knucklehead if. So I'm going to do that, and Stephanie answers. If you missed the last episode, uh, one of our favorite peeps who we haven't met. Have we met her? Have you ever met no, her? No, no. Okay, but she writes us and encourages us. And you guys should do more of that. You know, you guys should write us more so that we can uh, come up, name something after you. Now, we, we, knuckleheaded moment's taken a lot of space already. So we're like 30 seconds into this. But anyway, uh, <laughs> this is the point where Stephanie answers me. You might be a knucklehead if... If you don't think PTSD is a real thing. I mean, look at what David's going through. That's the answer right here, Stephanie. I mean, look, David has got PTSD. Paul had PTSD. I mean, you can go far as back as Cain and Abel. Cain killed Abel. Cain said, my punishment is greater than I can bear. The maniac of Gadara in more contemporary New Testament times. I mean, uh, folks, can I tell you something? What you're going through is real. What you're going, this world is ugly. Sin does strange things to people and uh, running and hiding and dodging and doing all those. There's a reason uh, that we had to add the Norton knucklehead moment. That's it's, right. It's because there's knuckleheads out there. And, yep. uh, and you don't ever hear me use that word. I only use it, what, like 10 times a podcast or something like that? Knucklehead? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a very regular part of your vocabulary. It, and I live, I live, uh, in a knuckleheaded zone. So I have to speak it because people, you they need to believe hear it. Stephanie, I, I gotta be upfront with you. And I, I never wanted to tell you this, but people either love me or hate me. And I can't understand it. I'm like, the, I, am I not the nicest person you've ever met? You are. See, so folks, I'm telling you, and I could ask my wife the same thing and she would say the same. No, she wouldn't. You know what? <laughs> we, we don't want Debbie to say anything here. But anyway, <laughs> she has to live with me, man. Uh, <laughs> So anyway, here we are on Psalm number 58, and we know that David is in exile. We know things are going on, and it says, Do you indeed speak righteousness, O congregation? Do ye judge uprightly, O sons of men? 
Yea, in heart ye work wickedness. Ye weigh the violence of your hands in the earth. The wicked are estranged from the room. Uh, from the room. Uh, from the womb. womb uh, I said womb. I, see, I don't have it a womb. Came out, it came out with that little New England thing. You may be a knucklehead if, you're, if you can't say the word no. <laughs> 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 anyway, redo that one. Let's remember to cut this out. The wicked are estranged. <laughs> From the womb, they go astray as soon as they be born, speaking lies. Mm. They, their poison is like the poison of a serpent. They are like the deaf adder that stoppeth her ear, which will not hearken unto the voice of charmers, charming never so wisely. Break their teeth, O God, in their mouth. Break out the great teeth of the young lions, O Lord. Let them melt away as waters which run continually. When he bend his bow to shoot his arrows, let them be as cut into pieces. As a snail which melteth, let every one of them pass away, like the untimely birth of a woman, that they may not see the sun. Before your pots can feel the thorns, he shall take them away as with a whirlwind, both living and in his wrath. The righteous shall rejoice when he seeth the vengeance, he shall wash his feet in the blood of the wicked, so that a man shall say, Verily, there is a reward for righteousness. Verily, he is the God that judges in the earth. So hearing that, taking that, knowing what's going on with David, knowing where he's at, uh, what say ye? Well, I think that this psalm is very loaded. Um, David is just very black and white here with calling out the wicked um, for what they are. And I love the way David makes things. It's almost like he, he draws a picture with his words that makes it very easy to understand. There's nothing about what David's saying here that we cannot picture. Um, and I think it's a very, very kind of a crazy thing that, um, David starts out with saying, <laughs> he pretty much calls out the people he's confronting as hypocrites in yeah. verse 1 because he says, Do ye indeed speak righteousness, O congregation? Do ye judge uprightly, O ye sons of men? Yea, in heart ye work wickedness. Ye weigh the violence of your hands in the earth. So in other words, it's like the people that he's calling out are hypocrites. Now, we warned you, just, just I want to speak this. You're hearing a lot of noises because we're in the coffee shop at Southland Christian Camp in the metropolis of Ringgold, Louisiana. <laughs> so there's, there's like refrigeration going on. There's things happening. And to be honest with you, Debbie was talking to us about what clothes to dry a minute ago. So if there was weirdness in the middle of that, we hit pause for a minute. But I like what you said here. And I, I like that. I think we got to understand there's nothing here, but there's something here that freaked me out. It was the word womb in verse number three. And this is why the wicked are estranged from the womb. They go astray as soon as they are born speaking lies. Now, you said everything here we can picture. That's a pretty tough picture. It is. It is. And it's David paints a picture for us. Um, you know, I think it goes it goes without saying that we all know we're sinners from birth. Yeah. Um, and I think the point that David is making here is that the wicked 
never lose that sense of speaking lies. I think that's what he's enforcing here is that. I just hit my toe again, folks. So <laughs> I just. I'm so sorry. Folks, if I have a middle toe left on my right foot, it's. It's, it's going to be it's by God. It's not the toe that goes to the market or anything. It's the prince or whatever. Whatever you call the one that stands on it. <laughs> The, the Eiffel Tower, I think my brother used to call it or whatever, and he was a little kid. And I was, things you remember years later at South Lane, <laughs> only at South Lane Christian Camp. But going back, I, you know, you go astray. I mean, think about these words. As soon as you're born, mm -hmm. as soon as you're able, you're out there speaking lies. As soon as you're able, everything's upside down. I mean, David's painting a picture of some knuckleheads. Yeah. You might be a knucklehead if, if you, you go, go astray. from the womb, speaking yeah, lies. Yeah, from the womb. The wicked are estranged. So, but then that verse four, and I think we've got to talk about this with you, Stephanie. Their poison is like poison of a serpent. They are like the deaf adder that stoppeth her ear. So they're, they're like the deaf adder that stoppeth her ear. And uh, I mean, when you're looking there at verse number four, their poison is like the poison of a serpent. I, someone told me the other day, there was like this little rattlesnake in my neighborhood. Remember I put a picture of it on Facebook. I killed yeah. it. I killed the rattlesnake. I killed a rattlesnake. I just want to be upfront about that, all right? I'm proud of you. I've killed several rattlesnakes, so now I'm concerned because they may be after me. I used to kill them when I was in the Army at Fort mm -hmm. Bliss. I carried a rifle for those runs through the mountains and everything. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, I mean, here we are. We're looking at this. We're thinking about this. And verse number four, they, they tell me that a rattlesnake has all that serpent called a rattlesnake has all the venom they're ever going to need to kill anybody when they're born. David's comparing these people to a serpent that can kill anybody. Yeah. And this is a point where I, Stephanie and I were talking about this a minute ago. So this is an imprecatory psalm. So in other words, this is a psalm where David is praying that God exterminate these people or get rid of these people. And I, I had asked Stephanie, hey, did you ever say that prayer? And it's none of your beeswax, what she said or anything, and, or what I would say, but... I'll tell you, there was probably a lot of people during World War II praying that Hitler be exterminated. Yeah. There was probably a lot of people during World War II praying that Mussolini be exterminated. Uh, there, there's probably a lot of that going on. But what gets David to that point? I mean, I know these first five verses are dealing with the lawlessness of this enemy, the craziness. And you can look at verse five peeps and it says, which will not hearken to the voice of charmers, charming never so wisely. And so if you take those first five verses, we're hearing about how wicked, how nefarious. Nefarious is a better word because nefarious yep. has an idea that there's a charming side to their yep. wickedness. Which, yeah, I've witnessed that. And, and what is it? How do people do that? Well, I could sum it up in one, one phrase that Jesus used, year of your father, the devil. Wow. And, you know, Satan went into the serpent to beguile Eve. Yeah. And um, I have watched wicked evil people and boy they can be the most charming eloquent they can they can create whatever personality whatever face whatever vocal tone they have to get to accomplish their end goal of poisoning their end goal of manipulating their end goal of controlling and i honestly think we're seeing um narcissists yeah. described here you know my mother used to say uh, don't trust the quiet people. And what she meant by that is, you know, these people, I just tell you how I feel. Yeah. 
you know, I, I'll, I'll tell Debbie, you know, I'm that guy. I'm kind of emotional. You know, I, I mean, I put it all out there. You know what I'm saying? It's just out there. And some people think that I'm weird because, again, we're starting off with their talking. Some people don't like me. They either love me or they hate me. Mm-hmm. But my mother say, don't worry about the people that tell you how they feel. Don't worry about the people that are, are, are blunt and out front. You don't have to worry about that. It's the ones that leave you wondering. And folks, let me tell you that. If there's a practical lesson starting out in those five first verses, look out for the charmers. Look out for those who charm wisely. They have venom. They're like serpents. Uh, look, out for, look out for these. And then, but you know, he, this precatory thing shows up, this lawlessness, this wanting to get rid of these people. I mean, look at six through eight and what comes to your mind right there. I mean, look at those. Wow, they're powerful. Um, but I, I, when I look at verse six, I see, God, I see David asking God in a very picturesque way to destroy the use of their words, to destroy the power of their yeah. words. And I see in verse six that they are seeking to use their words um, to destroy. They're using their words to conquer, to divide, to sow discord, to um, create confusion. Yeah. And David's asking God to stop that, that God would literally get in their way and go on the defensive against them. Mm. That's what I see in verse six. And verse 7, um, I see David asking God to take their strength from them. Um, he says, let them melt away as waters which run continually. When he bendeth his bow to shoot his arrows, let them be as cut in pieces. In other words, destroy their strength, God. And, you know, I think there is, there is, you and I have talked about this um, with situations, but it's like we get tired when you're, when you're in the fight against satan and seeking to serve the lord we get humanly tired and yet it seems sometimes like those who are fighting fighting god or seeking to hurt us like they have all the strength in the world and you're like god would you take that away from them we know it's not coming from god when they're when they're going against who god is and it's like they have all the money too and all the resources Mm -hmm. yeah and and in verse eight it's it's literally verse eight is is scary because it's literally like David saying take their lives from them. Yeah. Um, verse eight he goes from asking God to destroy their mouths, their words, to their strength, and verse seven to their lives, and literally like make them disappear, and that's wow. Yeah, I think that I I well first of all. I think David is in a very precarious situation here. And ones that you've been in, people been in, we've, we've all been with our back up against the wall. You know, David's lost his kingdom, David's lost his families, David's lost people that followed him, lost everything they had. Uh, I mean, you're looking at a picture of a corrupt government, you're looking at a picture of America today, probably. I mean, we see uh, there's so much corruptness, and I mean, yeah. we can, uh, I, I think we can see a lot of Psalm number 58 in America and governments today and things that are going on. And yeah. I think we really can. Yeah. And, and I, I think him talking, you know, break their teeth through these people. You know, I, I got to believe that there's people at the ears that are listening to us right now, Stephanie, that have been hurt. Uh, there's people that are hurting really bad. They've been through things. They feel marginalized. They feel like their identity is based upon some jerk that's raped them or hurt them or some jerk that shot at them or some 
uh, some terrible thing, or these are people who've served as policemen and firemen. All these people are listening to this podcast today, and uh, moms who, who, who've seen their very uh, children killed and their uh, wives and people who held their loved ones as they died. And, and, and among that, and then all of a sudden, on top of that, there's these people coming along trying to hurt them. And something you said, I think a couple podcasts ago, a couple days ago, or uh, last podcast, you might be a knucklehead if you try to hurt widows and orphans. And I think that was yesterday's podcast. And I, so I guess what I want to say to you is we know you're out there. And we know, uh, we, we may not know exactly what you're going through, we may not know anything you're going through, but we love you. We're praying for you. You're not alone in this struggle. God knows what's going on. There's a reason that David's going to God right here and begging for help and wanting to, uh, wanting to stop everything. He's saying it's like a young lion. Young lions keep coming. They're, they're stupid. They keep coming until they eat you. They keep coming, and, and, and they're ferocious. They just keep coming. They keep coming. And, you know, you said you quoted that verse, I believe, in yesterday where you talked about they walk at the bow. Like a, Seeking whom he may devour. Like a lion, a roaring mm-hmm. lion. Satan walks about. I yep. read a book about World War II and all the lights. Because of the, uh, because of the bombing in England, they would shut off all the lights and all the noise-making things. They wouldn't run the subways and those types of things during World War II. And one of the things I read is when they, the first night they shut off the lights, the lions at a zoo were so freaked out. They had to, they had to shut down the zoos. But the first night they shut off everything that you could hear the lions roaring seven miles away in London. That's how quiet it was in London. And, and you know that verse, you remember that verse, that how you quoted it? You said that he walketh about like a, a roaring lion. So the devil's just out there, man. And his angels, the people who are working for him, the people that are hurting you, friends, they're like a lion, man. Mm-hmm. They're out there roaring. You can hear them. They're coming, yeah. man. They're full guns of blazing. But we're here to tell you the good side of this. God can break their teeth. We're yes. here to hell you. God can take them out. God can get rid of the venom. God can do those things for well, you, and he yeah. will. And I think there's a huge thing to point out here is this psalm is inspired. Yeah. And I know a lot of Christians may choke at that. Yeah. But this psalm is inspired. This was a prayer David prayed to God, and God chose to make it an, an inspired psalm. And, you know, there is a false teaching that is propagated in our churches among many Christians that you be the rug. You let people walk all over you. Um, I, I have even so far as to hear it, hear it be said that if you are in, in a situation where your life is being threatened, um, be you a wife or a child in that kind of scenario it's your god-given responsibility to stay there to show them the love of christ and if they kill you so be it and that is not what i see david praying like that yes and that is not that that is not what david's praying here you might be a knucklehead if you tell people to stay and get beat and get hurt yes yeah you are a knucklehead there's no might about it yes and so um, I just think that's important to point out here because that flies in the face of a lot of false teaching that is floating around that you be a rug. And in other words, you let narcissists or those literally physically abusing you get away with it. No, that is not okay. And if that was okay, then David was dead wrong to pray this psalm. Yeah. And here's the good news, though. Verse 9 shows up. Amen. 
And, and, and everything turns around, and folks, can I tell you, things get better in verse 9. It says, before your pots can feel the thorns, he shall take them away with a whirlwind, both living and in his wrath. He's the, you know what he's saying? Hey, God's got you. Yep. And, and can I tell you, friends, God's got your back today, no matter where you are, no matter what you're going through. And, and, and you know, sometimes, what psalm is it? And, and, well, it's actually a proverb where it talks about, uh, uh, you know, the kiss of a, a brother. And uh, those, and I mean, there's a friend that eats at your table, psalm. Yep. And, but, you know, I'm thinking as we're looking at this, then it says the righteous shall rejoice. And friends, you're going to rejoice. Can I tell you something today, ma'am, sir, can I tell you something? No matter what you've seen, no matter what you've been through, no matter what atrocities you witnessed, no matter what atrocities you are part of as a member of the armed forces or the police or the fire department or whatever brings you to this podcast, you may just be living life saying, hey, life is hard. Can I agree with that? Do you think life is hard, Stephanie? Yeah. <laughs> I know she talks. Listen, folks, I have been working continuously on her talking, trying to get her to talk I'm a little while. I'm excited. I just drank a hot chocolate. We just walked five miles, five, five point something miles, more than five. You're alive, less than four. You got to do more. But I got to get her to speak up a little bit here. But look I'm at sorry. this. Look at this. Don't be sorry. Just speak up, man. <laughs> you don't have to be sorry. Now, listen, folks, you guys know that I'm not picking on Stephanie, so please don't write me and say I'm being hard on Stephanie because I'm not. <laughs> There's only one person in this podcast who's rough on the other person, and it's not me. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to get into it. That a man. I'm rough on you? Sometimes she, she doesn't return calls. She gets real quiet, the whole weird thing there that some women do. But anyway, look at verse number 11. If I don't return calls, it's because I'm in a bad place, and I don't really want to be yelled at. She doesn't want to pass on the bad juju. That's right. So husbands, if your wife just goes silent, listen to this, and wives, play this for your husband. If your <laughs> wife goes silent, leave them alone. It took me years to figure that out. You know, for maybe like, I don't know, the first 15 years I was married, if Debbie went silent, I'm like, what's wrong? What do I do? Everything's all better, you know? Look at me, you know, I'm making faces at you, you know? <laughs> Those types of things. And then I realized, just leave her alone. That's all you got to do, all right? See, that's a practical But there are lesson. times I'm glad you don't leave me alone. Yeah, and there are times Debbie's glad I don't leave her alone. And there are times that probably you were glad Charles didn't leave you alone. And maybe there were times you wish you would have left you alone because that's the way life goes. Life never works out the way we want, you know? And, uh, but I'll tell you this. If you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the other side, so that a man shall say, verily, there is a reward for the righteous. Can I tell you that today, friends? It's right there. It's in verse 11, Psalm number 58. There's a reward coming for you. Verily, he is a God that judgeth in the earth. Can I tell you, Stephanie, there's a good side. What does the good side look like? I think the good side, if you've been through a situation like David, if you're in the midst of a situation like David, there's a verse that comes to mind um, quite often when I think about certain scenarios that have happened in my life that have no resolution from where I sit. And that's the verse that says, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. And that promise from God that he is the just God. He is the just judge. Wow. And knowing that my only job is to walk before him, as Micah 6, 8 says, 
that mm. I am to do good. I'm to love mercy and to walk humbly with my God. That's what God calls on me to do. Yeah. And he's going to judge. He's going to take care of these things. Friends, and he's got it. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. He's got it. You know, there's a time. So there's a time when the Lord's just going to take care of all of this. And, and uh, he's going to take care of those who hurt us. He's going to. Uh, verily, there is a reward for the righteous. There's a reward coming, Stephanie. We just have to trust in the Lord, which uh, reminds me, to be honest with you, of a song uh, in Christ, will, we will trust. Now, who wrote that song? So I wrote that song when we were actually in the midst of a situation, um, Charles and I were. So there was a knuckle-headed moment going on, and yeah. you wrote this song. Yep, and washing dishes and crying out to the Lord, and this song came and, out and of folks, there. Folks, i got to tell you, in a way, I'm a little jealous, because we've written a lot of songs together, and she wrote this one without me, but it was before. But, you know, here's the thing. This is one of the best songs for what we're dealing with right now. I think this song will touch your heart in Christ we will trust, because we're trusting Him He's going to take care of this, Stephanie. Yeah. There's a reward for the righteous. It's coming, folks. Just be righteous. Do the right thing. And, and, and I mean, it, this is as plain. This is as real. This is as clear as the hand is in front of my face. We just need to trust God. Uh, God's got our back. Don't worry about the knuckleheads. Give it to God. Talk to God. Let God talk to you through reading his word. Have a great day. Love your wife. Love your husbands. Love your kids. Uh, and trust in God. Go to God first. Make him number one. And here we go. In Christ we will trust by Stephanie Wesco and family. Trust in God with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding.
Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin, for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you. But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth, and believe it with your heart, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. Doug and Stephanie, thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at woundedspirits.com.